Yeah, I'm really excited about this. It's um, great and a lovely welcome from this church. Thank you so much. And I love the way you treat your children. I'm really a kids worker that's ended up doing CAP. So I love the way you treat your children and the value you place on them. I'm going to start with a question. How many friends does the average person have? How many do you have? Now, some of you might be going, one, two. Some of you might be going, maybe too many. <laughs> or some might be saying, well, what is a friend? The truth is, everyone actually disagrees on how many friends the average person has. In 2015, a study found that loneliness increased the risk of an early death by 30%. And other research, unsurprisingly, links social isolation to depression and mental health. So it's not how many friends have you got, it's you desperately need friends. We all need friends. It's not new to us. The Bible, from the very beginning, made people to be in community, made people to be together. So every person in Chichester was created for community. And that's especially important for the vulnerable, the destitute, but often the very people that it's so important for are the ones who are left isolated and forgotten. And CAP, Christians Against Poverty, exists so that your church, and my church too, your church and others like it can reach those people in your community, drawing alongside them, offering effective, practical help, the good news of Jesus, an invitation to a loving community. And that's what, like I said earlier, that is what the heart of Life Skills is at. And I'm so glad to be here at the launch. <laughs> As I said, I, I'm Ruth Millard, and I absolutely love what I do. I'm not saying sometimes it's hard, it's not hard, but I love what I do because it's what Jesus would have been doing. He wandered around, he spent time with those who were really not necessarily accepted by everyone else. In Mark 2... If you want to turn it, you can. But in Mark 2, it said, And again, he entered Capernaum, I can't even say it now, Capernaum, after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered there. It's like there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. And they came to him. And so then they, they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they couldn't come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they'd broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoned in their heart, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately... When Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to this paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. But so you may know the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all. So they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. The scene is set in these first three verses. There's Jesus preaching in a jam-packed living room. 
people spilling out the door, all desperate to hear him. But what those didn't in the room didn't know was while they were lapping up his divine teaching, outside there was a group of four very determined friends who would go to extraordinary lengths to help their paralysed companion. So Jesus, speaking, preaching to the packed room, suddenly there's a scratching from the ceiling. And then there's dust. What's happening? And dirt falling down. And then suddenly there's bits and pieces, and they're kind of, what's going on? So after a bit more news, noise and a shower of dirt, suddenly there's this massive hole and the light is streaming through and you can see four men peering down, lowering something down. And then the thing that's being lowered arrives and they see it's, it's the paralytic man. The man is helpless on his mat. He's an outcast. He's got nothing to contribute to society. He's destined to be a beggar, reliant on the charity of others, would pass by and maybe give them something, maybe not bother. And top of these barriers to a normal life, he also had to live with the assumption that he was paralysed because it was his fault. Result of sin. That's why he was paralysed. And the life of the paralytic in Jesus' day was different than it is today. This wheelchairs or stair lifts, in case you didn't know. <laughs> Um, there was no medical help, no financial assistance, no specialised education, provision or care facilities. The long and short of it is the man did not have much going for him. But what he did have was four very good friends. He was part of this small community of, of um, a community who cared and it's from these friends, from this community, he got the help he needed. Help to wash, to cook, to go to the toilet. They were close friends. And this particular community formed around the man who spent his life lying motionless on a dirty, dusty mat. The irony of it is that, that the challenges in life often lead us to the deepest and most impactful relationships. And if we're honest with ourselves, we all have a mat. We all have something in our lives that requires us to seek out help and support. Something that if we allow it to, will bring us into a circle of community and deeper into that circle. So life skills, that's what I'm meant to be talking about, I hear you say. Why and what? Firstly, it takes someone to notice. And your church has noticed there are people who need help. People who are isolated. People who are on a low income. People who'd love to be part of a community of care. And I think sometimes we forget how hard it is for people. I had one gentleman, and when he got to the point where his finances were sorted, I said, what's the difference? And he said, if I want a loaf of bread, I can just go and buy it. Is that too much to ask? So your life skills group soon will be doing just that community, welcoming people like that person into an inclusive, loving and caring community. I didn't know you had a choir to go with me. <laughs> put, put simply, would you rather talk than me? I'd rather you talk than me. <laughs> That's how I used to do youth work. <laughs> it reminds me of youth work. 
bless these little kids. I love them. <laughs> now, where was I? Put simply, Life Skills is a community service based around an eight-week course, community time, and individual coaching. But when someone hears about and is referred to or refers themselves to your Life Skills course, they'll be welcomed. And that's why we need volunteers. They'll be welcomed into the group with a warm greeting and genuine care. We get used to in the church assuming that, that it's normal for people to care about us. People come to my drop-in, for example, and they go, oh, somebody said hello to me. We forget how basic it is that people, you know, the basic, how, how little it is that people are missing and that love and concern. And as the clients discover that loving community that provides a safe and confidential space to start bringing out their problems, to say what's going on with them, the loneliness and isolation begin to fade. Life skills isn't rocket science, but it changes lives. It's not complicated, but it shows people we care. And I'd like us to watch a little video about um, Jenny to get an idea of, of someone whose life was impacted by it. Oh, I can stay here. My abuser went for me, and you know, when I realised what I'd got myself into, I thought I was done and dusted. I was worried about the kids, you know, what's going to happen, because I had three children to him, and we went into a refuge four months but then even when I came out he carried on with the abuse and the physical abuse you heal from but you still know the threats there and you're scared of them I felt useless worthless unlovable I felt um, just worn out and drained it just I'd, I'd lost my whole identity because when I was with my ex I wasn't allowed friends um, and I wasn't allowed a social life or nothing. Obviously suicide comes through your, through your mind. It's just horrible, horrible. Basically in the end I couldn't take it, I had a nervous breakdown. My neighbour just said, are you okay? When I was going to the shop I just broke down crying. I went to the doctors and I got pointed towards um, the life skills group. I thought I'll give it a go and it was down at a local church, the New Brighton Baptist Church. And at first I was thinking, oh, you know, they might be a bit, I don't know, judgmental. But they were far from it. It's just all all I've had from all of them is support and encouragement and practical help, left, right, and centre, and friendship. And it's been it's just it's it is it's amazing. It actually does make you think about your finances and cooking and. We've planted things, you know, like our own tomato plants, and we teach you all sorts of really good stuff. You know, I've got a lot more confidence. Um, 
I go more places, um, I don't worry so much and and I have actually got a social life now, an extended family. If they say I can't go, I'm going to volunteer to help. <laughs> I was getting, you know, invited to CAP events and um, I went to the one at the New Brighton Baptist with Sandra there and Moira when I felt the, the love of God and the peace, you know, fill me heart. Um, that was just incredible. That'll last me a lifetime. And so I, I said the prayer with, you know, without hesitation and it's filled a hole in my heart that nobody else could fill. Day-to-day -day life for me now is oh, so much better. It's, um, uh, you know, I've got friends to go and see. I've got places to go. I love taking photographs, photography, painting, writing poetry, going to church, <laughs> just just enjoying my life, actually enjoying life. It was like almost as if everything was black and white and now it's in, you know, Technicolor. It's absolute transformation. Forgive me, Lord, I went astray, but even so you heard me pray. You sent me friends that guided me and now I've found my family tree. Your roots so strong and branches tall, I know my Lord you're there for all. I'm just a leaf upon your tree, but now I know your love for me. Oh Lord, you are a mighty tree. beauty of watching that is that as I'm doing it, I'm thinking of all my clients and it's just one after the other different everyone's unique but the same so Jenny's just one of thousands of people cap in the local church are helping each year and you'll be helping um, and if you think a little bit more about the paralyzed man his friends came together and set out on a mission a mission to bring their friend the help he needed bringing him to Jesus. Quite simple. Cap are on a mission. A mission to see the UK church serving and including the poor while confidently proclaiming Jesus. And we do this by partnering with churches like yours um, to run life skills and job clubs. We also um, partner with nearly 300 churches to offer high quality debt advice to thousands trapped in debt. So if you're suffering from debt, or you know someone who is, there's a church in Chichester, um, Louise, I don't quite know how you say her name, but Strajnik is based at Chichester Baptist, and so there is help for people living in this area. So as one client described it, I felt as if I'd fallen down into a manhole and I couldn't get the lid off, couldn't see a way out. Down there it's black and I couldn't see any light. I didn't have the strength or energy to get out that hole. I deal with people, and that, is, that describes how they feel. So please, if you know someone, and, and to be honest, one in nine people are struggling with unmanageable debt, so if you don't know someone struggling with debt, where have you been living? <laughs> um, so if you know people are struggling with debt as well, get them the help they need. You know people who need life skills help, need that community, you're providing it yourselves, which is great. We also have... Um, 
qualified debt advisors up in head office who work on the budgets and sort out all the practicalities. And people are transformed when they get out of debt. Everybody goes, I feel lighter. Their head goes back, their shoulders go back, they look you in the eyes, they just change. You can kind of, I mean, one guy I had, he was quite a large guy, and he skipped down my corridor from the office, singing, not terribly tunefully, but singing at the top of his voice. And it was just the change from this kind of plodding, going through life, to just kind of, I found life. Each year we see around 2,000 homes go debt-free. That's thousands of people giving that second chance. I want to tell you just a story about a friend of mine who's given me permission, um, Marie. When I first met Marie and her husband, Marie apologised about everything. Even apologised for giving me a cup of tea. Well, you can never be wrong with that. And she just felt guilty. She felt bad about herself. She felt a failure. She felt embarrassed that she didn't have much money because she'd lost her job and she'd, she'd um, had her father staying with them who'd been contributing and he'd unfortunately passed away. Husband was working full-time with the NHS, but things were just overwhelming, however hard they tried. Marie was really low and had really very little hope. She was so shocked when I came back on the third visit and said there was a programme. So, oh, I thought you were going to tell me you couldn't help. But they were both absolutely fantastic. We got all the paperwork together, we got the budget uh, um, sorted, and they had stuck to the budget to the penny. And when I first visited them, I invited them to a cap event. But they couldn't come because their toilet had broken and they're waiting for the plumber. <laughs> Don't give up on people. Keep inviting them. I invited, them to Alpha, I invited her to Alpha. And she came and I gave out the little red Why Jesus' books. And the next week when she came back, and we were talking about the image of Jesus knocking on the door. And she said, um, the door to heaven is open. And I'm kind of going, oh, yeah, well, we need to open the door of our hearts. And, you know, trying to go. and she went, no, the door of the heart... Of, of, the door to heaven is open now that I've prayed that prayer in that little red book. And I was like, oh, uh, why didn't you tell anyone? She didn't think anybody would be interested. I said, we are. <laughs> um, and she's got hope. She's got baptized. She's joined us in membership. That's what we do in Baptist churches. She's a valuable part of our community. She's stopped apologizing, apart from appropriately. She's helped me twice as an Alpha Helper, and she's about to help me on Monday um, for, for another course. Um, she's led someone to Jesus. She helps with the most important job in the church, which is tea and coffee making. Did I hear someone say? Thank you. That's the most important job in the church. And she's on the welcome team. She's on the prayer ministry team and a lot more besides. And she just conveniently gets there really early so that it can be open and that nobody has to sit. Our church is upstairs. It gets a bit complicated. She sits by the door so everybody can go about their business without a security issue. Another of my clients, very briefly, he was so loud and aggressive when he was sat in my office that I had three people just put the headband to check I was actually all right. Um, and he was so anti-Jesus, I don't believe it, I don't want to be talking about Jesus. He talked about Jesus for 15 minutes about why he didn't want to talk about Jesus. <laughs> but he kept coming to drop him because he just loved community. And actually, he started changing. And then one of the other people, I'd asked him and he'd said no about six times. And somebody else asked him and he said he'd come to Alpha. Um, yeah. <laughs> because of community. Because of friendship. And when he first came to Alpha, it was like, oh, I don't believe in God. Rah, rah. And, and, every, and there was a, I had several like that on the group. And I thought, oh, what about 
the person who's in the group who's a little bit fragile, who does believe in God. But he got the hang of it. He was like, no, I believe in God. And it was a very loud alpha group, but fantastic. And the alpha group went through, um, and it just changed. Just gradually. He kept, I'm not Christian. I'm not Christian. I'm not Christian. And in the end, he said to me, why don't you think I'm a Christian? I said, because you keep saying you're not a Christian. And we talked, and he said, well, I haven't, I don't want to be a Christian because that's being religious, but I've asked Jesus into my heart. Is that okay? <laughs> and he has changed. He has transformed. And the other week he shared his testimony in church, um, just completely, just out the blue, really, which is fantastic. So community, community for Marie, community for this other chap, changed people and okay this is debt but what's the difference you'll be doing community and i know you run alpha courses and things like that. you'll be seeing people suddenly feel there's somebody somewhere who gives a toss about me who cares for me who loves me and then they'll gradually realize actually god loves me too and if there's anyone here who hasn't given their life to jesus yet Please, can I highly recommend it? Speak to someone you know, speak to me, speak to anyone. There's booklets on the stall. But don't go out of here going, oh, oh, I wonder what she's talking about. Find out more, because it's well worth it. It's not easy, but it's really worth it. You might be thinking, oh, I'd love to be part of a community like that. That sounds lovely, but I'm, you know, I'm, kind of, I'm coming to church, but I'm kind of sitting here a little bit, not quite sure. Well, there's a community that's tearing down roofs for people in need, which Kat and others are, are going to be helping out that's starting, in, as she said, in October, is that right? November. November, November. Yeah, so see Kat if you want to get involved. See Kat. I've got pen and paper if anybody wants, can't catch her and wants to write down your name and address that I can pass to her. And if you're interested in anything else to do with CAP or you've got neighbours who are interested, just come and speak to me at the store afterwards. Come and speak to me anyway, otherwise I get lonely. Now, you may be interested in giving to CAP financially and joining 3,000, no, 30,000, sorry, 30,000 others, we call them life changers, who regularly support our work. Now, if that's you, great, come and see me. But can I just stress, the church comes first, don't give to us if you're not giving to your church. This is over and above money going to your church. And I've also got a little book. If anybody would like to have this little book, there's other bits and pieces on the stall as well. This book is called A Story We Can't Ignore. And it's a biblical look at God's call to take action against poverty. It's really worth reading. I read it. Um, and it's got discussion questions if you want to look at it at other times or with other people. But just come along and ask me and I'll give you that free copy. So please remember, Cap's heart is for you, the local church, that every church should be fulfilling its God-given mission to reach out to those who aren't in the church, who are outside, particularly to those who are alone, isolated, poor, or without Jesus. So let's close in prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this church. I thank you for the lovely welcome I've been given. But I thank you that you've been given a lovely welcome too, that you love it when you come to a church and, and you're welcome, you're wanted. And um, thank you for that message about your being here. And yeah, you don't care how we've come. You just want to be with us. And I pray that as they reach out, I know you're already doing lots of other ways, but as they reach out in this new way, that it will be so good and exciting that they will see more people 
come to, to feel valued, part of community, loved. And they will also see folk coming to know you, Jesus. And I just pray your blessing on this church as they do your work in your name. Amen. Thank you very much. Please show, show your appreciation, please. Thank you very much. Thank you.